0: Yeah, and um, it sounds like it may even be detrimental in some cases if you get in, get in there, get your ass kicked by a 13-year-old, and then don't come back, <laughs> <I> mean- <laughs> which I'm sure happens. Welcome to Mentors Collective. You're in for a treat. We're doing a live episode, so if you're tuning in audio, be sure to check out the video. Got a good friend of mine from St. Petersburg, Florida. He is an influencer. He is one of the toughest, most masculine dudes I know, and we're going to be switching it up. I know normally on here we talk a lot about business, but there's a lot of factors in life that influence your success in business and a lot of other uh, spaces, and we're going to be focusing on a couple of those specifically for men. So if you're a man, tune in, listen up, take some notes. If you're a woman, feel free to stick around. Also take some notes. You might learn it. I think a two about our kind. Uh, But without further ado, I really want to introduce a good friend of mine, Tony Salazar. Uh, We're lucky to have him on the show. He's a very impressive individual, but I'm going to let him go ahead and introduce himself. Uh, So Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. So Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you passionate about? You know, what what gets you up in the morning?
1: What a good question. So I've been a lifelong martial artist. That's probably been the most consistent driving force in my life, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I competed in that sport for my entire 20s, did several world championships, competed at a very high level, and it it changed me in such a way that it's kind of created this persona that people like to comment on now, and I don't consider myself this overly masculine person, but it shows up when you have this grounded confidence that you kind of forge through some hard stuff, which is what that training was like. Um, I'm a digital marketing agency, so we do commercial production, but that is... That's not the most passionate thing in my life. So moving into the next year, there's a lot of work that I plan on doing with this movement, the male movement, the masculinity, the the fitness.
0: Yeah. yeah. Masculinity has become such a, a hot topic of conversation now. It has. It's there's a stigma behind it. You know, men have kind of gone the other way. And we're gonna kind of dive into each of those things and attack them one by one. It's mm-hmm. an interesting landscape that we're in right now as men. Uh so figuring out how to navigate that has become a little bit, a little bit tough, a little challenging. So hopefully we can help some. Some men do that through through the conversation here. I think we can. Uh, so let's start with kind of your number one passion. And the thing that gets me the most curious uh, and also kind of a, a big mutual respect, the respect that I have for you, was your passion for fighting. Uh, I know you competed at a high level. This is still something that you do now, you know, in your, your mid to late 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that you, you is, I know your passion about teaching as well. So how does that apply to, masculinity to confidence? How? Do, where do you get confidence from that? Why do you think it's important?
1: Mm-hmm. It's great question. So I think confidence comes from experience. And the reason I always go back to martial arts when people bring the subject up is because there's so many areas of life that men like to try to hit. There's money, there's status, there's a beautiful woman, a lot of it's materials, a car. But right now, that's the thing that money can't buy is a physical body and a grounded confidence in what this person could do if need be. That's something that comes up so much that it it came from from seeing the change in myself and seeing the change in men. You'd see a guy who was 40 years old, who was married, who was in that downward slump, testosterone low in his life, would start training jiu-jitsu, and two years later, he's a whole new man. He's like, my wife is into me again, and I'm killing it at work because they're in this environment, a competitive male environment again, and they're reinvigorated with the spice of life. And I started seeing that for so long, and then I started being around other people and started asking myself, what is the difference? Why are they saying Tony, you're so confident in these situations the Way you walk through a room and I, it just comes from that grounded confidence. I have another friend named John Ebanks. We got our black belts together, very similar energy, but it's just from starting a martial art and getting your ego removed because you're so terrible at it and sinking down to the bottom. And then you have the opportunity to rebuild it. And when you rebuild it, it's it's yours. It's not this fragile ego that you feel like if the status isn't there, they're not going to respect you. It's more like, no one, it doesn't care if anyone respects me because I respect myself so much. I know who I am and what I've been through, regardless of accomplishments or or status.
0: It's true. It is one of those kind of other things that the only way to get it is to you know physically get in there and put yourself Mm. through that journey. You can't buy it. You can't buy it. You got to work for it. And it's Mm -hmm. not, it's like an X factor. It's not money. It's not status. It's not power. It's knowing that you can hold your own in a fistfight, which is so primal, mm-hmm. something that we we don't think about so much because we yeah. don't end up in fistfights, but it's hardwired to kind of, into our yeah. DNA, I think.
1: We think about it all the time. Yeah. It just doesn't come up in life much, and that's what you see. There's a ton of male posturing that happens and male sizing up when men meet other men, and it maybe starts initially off their image, off of how successful might they be, how much do they make, what business, what woman. We grade them on different factors subconsciously, but it's always on the mind, especially in an uncomfortable situation. If it's like a nightlife setting, walking. now We're in downtown St. Pete. There's a lot of stuff that goes on through here. There's, there's things that, that people can feel unsure about. When you just feel certain, the, the expression I love to say is it's so much better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in a war. You don't need to posture. You don't need to act tough. It's not like you're bringing this energy of fighting into the world, but when it's just this thing that you know that you always have when need be it allows you to show up in a kinder way a much more present way, but you're also being able to be bold and assert yourself in conversations and not worry if it turns south.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's so much hardwired into our DNA. It's crazy. And I've felt this and you know, I'm a I'm six one, one eighty five, I'm in decent shape. But still like walking around with your girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, for you walking around with your daughter. Mm-hmm. One of my worst nightmares and I've had this nightmare is getting my ass kicked in front of my in front of my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a horrible feeling and thought. I know this has happened to some guys and a lot of people have this worry. It's a rational fear. Mm-hmm. So just by kind of training yourself, uh, you know, attacking kind of the, getting this primal thing down, becoming grounded and rooted and knowing that you can hold your own. Uh, I feel like that's a subconscious fear. Maybe we can get over by by training to to defend yourself.
1: Absolutely. And just mastering violence in general is something that I think all men should do. It's been one of our tenants for as long as you've been here on this planet, it's, it's what the male does. We protect, right? Provide and protect. And that's something that most women, especially a feminine woman is going to look to their man to do They're going to want to be like, Hey, you're the protector, right? If someone comes to attack, it's on you, right? It's not like a shared responsibility, like other things in life could be. Yeah. And so many men just leave that left, left alone. They don't, they don't touch it and they end up with this, this sense of themselves where they might not fully feel. And that's something I've run into a lot. People can be successful in other ways, but they just feel uncomfortable around certain types of men, certain scenes, certain settings, If you can just remove that. I think it's where you can really achieve that true potential of what, how good life can feel.
0: Uh, I a hundred percent agree. Now the other side of this token and just to play devil's advocate, Mm -hmm. there's the argument that you're training for fighting. You're going to go, you know, fight and bring violence into this world. Uh, You spend a lot of your time kind of surrounded by violence, surrounded by the men who are trained are trained warriors, killers. Mm what have, what's been your kind of impression of that? Have you found that they're instigators at, at the club? Uh, what is their general demeanor?
1: Yeah. The exact opposite of that. So the expression I've always used is like, we all have this primate explosive energy inside us and men, we all have it. Some guys use the, you know, they're jacked up on energy drinks, listen to the metal. They go to the gym. Some guys don't have an outlet for it. Some people gamble, they whatever. The guys that I train with, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, MMA fighters are some of the nicest, kindest guys ever because there is nothing to prove. We wring the towel of all that primate energy out every day. So we have it in us and we have a very healthy place to release it with other men who are there for that reason. You test yourself against your brothers and at the end of it, you shake hands, thanks to the training, you go into your day calm and zen because you release it there. The opposite, a very dangerous man is a man who doesn't train and stores the energy and has no healthy release and one day just snaps beats his woman or road rage or whatever happens because they just don't have any any men checking them. You know? And that's why most men will avoid training martial arts because the good ones are the ones that you spar. So there's a million martial arts, a lot of oriental styles. The reason I don't lean towards those is because a lot of them are just, uh, you're mimicking movements or drilling, but martial arts, boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and Muay Thai, where you're actually able to spar and get, get shown where your flaws are at are the ones that I recommend you do because it's instant feedback. You know,
0: you know s- yeah. since meeting you, uh, this is something that I've, I've wanted to do. I'm huge into personal development, and I believe in this. I believe in everything that you're saying. But the journey, like you talked about earlier, kind of going in and getting your ego beaten down, scares me and probably mm-hmm. scares a lot of people who are interested in, in doing this. Yeah. Maybe they know they want to make that change. Uh, they're having problems with, with their, their lady. They're having problems with their love life, with their confidence. Uh, and I, I do believe that this is a, a solution, potentially.
1: I think it's a huge solution. I mean, you hear Joe Rogan, his podcast has been talk, He's been probably the biggest promoter of jiu-jitsu yeah. ever, ever. Two things, bow hunting and jiu-jitsu, that man put on the map for, for people. And I was fortunate <clears throat> enough to be in jiu-jitsu 17 years ago before this started becoming popular. But it, it is amazing what it does for people because it gives you this superpower. It's the closest thing I've ever seen to superpower that humans can have where you can physically control another human being and you have the choice to be very violent or very gentle. That's, that's the unique part about jujitsu specifically, where if a fight comes up, you can mount someone elbow their face, break their arm. If it's needed, there's several situations where I can say that would be warranted in life. Yeah. There's also situations where maybe someone just needs to be restrained or held. And if you were a great boxer, you don't really have the option to hold this person. Well, so jujitsu gives you such a nice compass to decide what's needed in that moment.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and kind of going back to that fear, the entry point, especially as an adult, you know, I've started to slow down on my athletic abilities. Uh, I used to be a professional volleyball player. I don't compete at that level anymore. Mm-hmm. Entering into a sport like this, which is potentially higher impact, um, requires more flexibility, more strength. Uh, and I, I just turned 30 years old, which you know, to some listeners is old, to some is young, but it's kind of intimidating to me uh, to enter a sport like this at an older age. So what is that journey like? Do you ever encounter newbies that are older, how, how does that play out? What is what is that journey like for them?
1: Yeah, all the time. That's a question that people always ask. And people sometimes will say, I need to get in shape first. You get in shape training. You get in shape on the mat. That's where you're going to have the some of the best fitness of your life. But it's it's all based on your level. So I trained a couple of gyms here in St. Pete. Some gyms there's UFC fighters, professional fighters, and there's hobbyists and you're not going to get thrown in there on day one with the guy who's fighting pro and expect to spar his level. That's not good training for him or you. So a good jam with a good coach is going to put you with beginners. They're going to make sure that, they, first of all, they want your membership. They want you to stay. They're going to make it as easy as transition as you can. They can for you to like it. But right? it's just getting in the door. And it's the, the thing that I think turns people the most is knowing that. Okay, for instance, we're in, this is an entrepreneur podcast, right? A lot of men who are probably successful listen to this podcast or, or have been on here. So if you take a man who has achieved, already achieved status and success, Let's just say they are the king of their kingdom, at least at their house, with their family, in their life, maybe with employees. They're already at a place where it's gonna be very, very hard to be put at the bottom of anything again. And they go into an environment where there's maybe a high school kid who's just more skilled than you. It just forces you to accept the reality. He's better than you at this. So you're gonna have to tap, you're gonna have to deal with that, and you're gonna have to take a look and be like, man, what am I made of? How quickly can I learn? Do I have the termination to come back? All those things come into play. And sometimes it doesn't play out for them. They just don't come back and they'll say, oh, the schedule or whatever. But it's, it's, it's a lot of it's the ego. The ego is very fragile when, when they're being exposed to the reality of what that can be. Yeah. And um, it
0: sounds like it may even be detrimental in some cases. If you get in, get in there, get your ass kicked by a 13 year old and then don't come back. <laughs>
1: which i'm sure happens unfortunately that could happen but that's like anything a business venture you're asking for your first business venture you don't give up there and most entrepreneurs have a bit of follow-through and a risk-taking side to them so they should just understand that and it's becoming very popular in that way but yeah you know it's it's something you know back to the thing about violence there's there's this is the way i always describe it you can live a very happy life you can be kind to people. You can be optimistic. You can be a law of attraction believer and be like, I'm not going to manifest myself into situations with violence. And I'm with you on all that, but it does exist in the world. Violence exists. It's never going to go away. It's part of human nature. So with that being said, if it exists and it's out there, why would I ever want to allow the amount of violence that a situation has to be in someone else's control? Like you said, I have a three-year-old daughter. It's very important to me to keep her safe. It, I just don't I want to I want to control that and I want to have such a good relationship with violence that if it ever does present itself in my life it can be a little nod and a wink and it's like hello old friend it's good to see you and not a panic and a and a frenzy and a runaway or a let something terrible happen because I wasn't able to stop or, or brave enough to in, interject myself to do it that's that's what I think a lot of men need to understand it's out there and, and when you can just check that box it doesn't mean to go become a pro fighter but a couple nights a week will do you wonders. For your self-image,
0: yeah, and fighting's really the great equalizer. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs like a certain sense of control. That's yes. why they work so hard yes. for money, status, freedom. power, freedom. freedom. Mm-hmm. But you're up, you're at a club, mm-hmm. and the guy next to you starts, you know, talking to your girl and wants to fight you. Wants to go outside. That guy's not getting arrested. No money, amount of money or power. Right. Sure, I mean, you could have bodyguards, but sure. for the general audience listening here. That's the great equalizer. Yeah, you you can't buy your way or power your way out of that. You need to be able to deal with that as a man, just Mm -hmm. just like back in the day.
1: Exactly, and the beautiful thing about this this conversation is that when you have achieved a certain level of confidence, it's not a it's not like I think I can. It's like I know I can. When you have a knowing to you in that exact moment, you have such an easy way to handle it in a nonviolent way, but assertively, assertive enough where this person knows. I don't want to go down that road, and that's that's what happens. It's not like this guy talks to your girlfriend or some some small confrontation happens, and the answer is you beat him up. It isn't that, but you have the confidence to now go maybe grab the wrist, get in the ear, and, and have a don't ever do that again. You need to back, take three steps back in a way where you make eye contact while you separate, and they feel that presence that you have, and they're like, he is not afraid of me. He's way too calm. I'm uncomfortable. I'm backing away. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing. So the fighting actually comes up never in life when you, when you do it. And that's kind of the goal. It's like, even if you train your whole life and never fight, it's all still been worth it. It's funny how we can sense that. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's an, dogs always know when there's a bigger dog around or, you know, dog knows what a wolf is when it sees it.
0: Yeah. There's, there's so mm-hmm. many things like that with fighting that, that are so primal and, and ingrained in us. One of the things, and we met, we talked about at a party briefly, it was a quote, it's like you can have a professional football game. Everyone's there for the football game, watching the football game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Two dudes start fighting in the corner. Nobody's looking at the football okay, game.
1: 100%. It's, it's, it's part. It was the first form of competition. Yeah. If you go back to human history, when, what was the first time we competed? It was combat. It was always combat. Before the gladiators even. It was just combat. Yeah. Some guy wanted your food. He wanted your cave. He wanted your woman. He wanted whatever you have, and you fight for it, and someone gets it. It's in us. It's, it's really part of us. So to to abandon it is really abandoning our humanity in a lot of ways. And that's where I think we end up with a lot of men. Now there's, there's depression. There's so much self doubt and you can see it in the posturing of people. And it's like, a, if you could just remove that and, and give someone more like, Hey, it's good. Like if you just feel good about who you are, you don't need to flex so hard. It, it, it puts people in a good place, you know? Yeah.
0: And I feel like men nowadays, and what we'll talk about this, the landscape of, masculinity and boys that are growing up in 2021 with this, this past couple of years have been like for them and why this is probably so important. You know, suicide rates are at an all time high, huge. Everyone's playing video games. Everyone's afraid to talk to girls. Yes. Uh, and this is something, you know, I, I did karate as a kid. It did uh, jiu jujitsu. I did 12 years. It was a, was a black belt. Never fought another person though. Crazy. Uh, so you, you were mentioning, you know, sparring yeah. a, a huge part of that. That's yeah. something I wish I got some more exposure to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think this is an important thing for parents to think about getting their kids in? Do you think this is something that we should incorporate into our, our
1: kids' lives? A hundred percent. Even more so for girls. Uh, for boys, of course, boys are going to be rough. They're rough by nature. But seeing what jiu-jitsu can do for girls is huge. Um, I worked with kids in jiu-jitsu one part of my life as well. And it was amazing to see because when you think about this. Children don't start having testosterone until puberty hits in, in young men. So there's not a strength advantage in boys and girls until, let's say, 12, 13, 14, around that age. So if you take, start teaching or put a child into a jiu-jitsu class at five, six, and they are they're paying attention, it's completely technical in body mechanics. So girls quickly accelerate because they're a little bit less rowdy, they're paying closer attention, the ones who are good, they feel at an early age, hey, I can beat these boys. I can dominate them. I, they can't hold me down. They can't overpower me. They're my equal, and they know that. They take that same energy and then when they're 18, 19 and taking that to the workforce, they feel worthy of that from their whole life they never had to ever feel dom- that dominated by by males, you know. That that's a huge thing, but any kids need that. You need to be checked They need to be humbled. They need to be shown that there are people who are better than you. And you just have to accept it. Either you get better than them or you accept it instead of pouting and running away. Competition's huge for kids too. Yeah. Those tournaments, so many kids and they need a place to compete. And it's just, like I said, combat is such a different type of competing than a ball sport. No offense to ball sports, but it's just different. It's you and your body against them and their body. And the mind is, you know, playing chess. It's not some, there's no team. It's just you. It's one v one. You know? It's
0: beautiful. It's primal. Mm-hmm. How long would you say, on average, like a normal dude takes for uh, going into training? Say he wants to make that move, go learn martial arts, getting his ego beaten down, getting his ass kicked over and over again, starting to build some skills, where that flipping happens and he starts to feel that new sense of confidence mm. and masculinity and, and mm. feeling grounded. How long would you say that journey typically? <laughs>
1: So it depends on the discipline. Um, I'm speaking a lot about jujitsu here, but I also train Muay Thai and MMA. But in jujitsu, I would say that would be about six months and before a newer guy comes in the door. Yeah. And now you've had your six months, so you might not feel like you've learned anything because all the guys are getting good with you. You're all getting good together. So you're still getting your ass kicked on six months, but this new guy comes in, and it's your turn finally. And then all of a sudden, you, you grow against him in a sparring session, and we call it a roll or grapple. And you're able to have your way with them and you're able to pull everything off even learning and this this that's the moment if people can get to that moment it clicks they're not going back it's the most powerful thing they're like i've learned this i I know what this is now and and it's a very addicting feeling so
0: there's also a lot of different variations of martial arts that that are available Uh, i know you dabble in a couple of these forms uh for somebody interested in getting getting involved becoming a martial artist gaining this confidence is there a specific discipline that you
1: would point them towards? I would always point people towards Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I'm actually gonna quote Jocko Willink here. I don't think you know who Jocko Willink is. I do. Former Navy SEAL. He he always talks about martial arts in his podcast and he's done the best job of explaining them ever. There are great martial arts, and striking is usually the most appealing to people. I love Muay Thai. I train Muay Thai three days a week consistently now. I absolutely love it. It's an amazing flow when you're hitting pads. It's it's just a great thing to do. Huge. Hugely good workout too. But if you're talking about a self-defense situation, if you're going to strike with somebody in a street fight, it usually means they're not touching you. There's a distance between the two of you. So for all intents and purposes, you could just run away. They don't have. They're not forcing you to fight. It's your choice. But if you're alone, I would always just go. Just get out of there. Why, why engage? You don't know if they have a knife, whatever. So assuming that it's too late for that, and they've already grabbed a hold of your clothing and grabbed a hold of you. Now they're touching you. They've tackled you that's jujitsu. That's where jiu-jitsu comes into play. It's the grappling art. So the first place to start with self-defense, that's your choice now. Do you want to choke them? Do you want to apply an arm lock or do you want to dis- disengage and get away? Having the option first, then building the striking arts after. But I would always say Brazilian jitsu is the foundation for anybody who wants to do martial arts. People could argue that'd be wrestling. If you started wrestling as a kid, great. But if you're an adult man, it's going to be hard to learn wrestling now because there's not wrestling clubs and, and gyms around. Most gyms will teach it as an option, but not dedicated to it like kids gonna learn in high school.
0: Yeah. Uh so fighting's super interesting. I could talk about this all mm-hmm. day. I remember being at the party and stuff going on all over the place. Guys are surrounding Tony just asking fighting questions. It, it's such an interesting topic and it goes back to how primal it is. Like we're so interested in it. It, it touches us right in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh so we can talk about it all day. But let's move on to another aspect of masculinity. Fighting's obviously one, but there's a lot of different things as men that we can control. Sure. To be better men. Uh, what are some other of those things that with, are within our control that we can manipulate to lead a better life? Mm.
1: Diet and physical fitness, for sure. So diet is something that there's so much clutter right now. And, the, and people are pointing you this way and that way and their way is the only way. And do you, are you vegan? Do you only eat meat and bone broth? Are you on this new fad diet? There's so much of that. And I think it's very hard to kind of navigate it. Yeah, and that's that's one of the hardest parts is people, you know, when people start a diet or a training program, they're just on it for a short time. They're on a diet for a short time, and then they're trying the new one, or they're on a workout program. And then the next workout, it's a new Instagram workout. And the next workout, it's that new Instagram workout. So they don't ever build any consistency with the muscle or with their with their food. So people can get a consistent diet. That would be a huge help. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a registered dietitian, but I'm a big Fan of eating a kind of a primal-based diet, a hunter diet. So, if you have option to wild game, highly suggest wild game, grass-fed meats, lots of vegetables, limiting the grainy carbs. So, rice and potatoes are the carbs that I eat. I try to stay away from breads unless it's a cheat day or some sort of day where I'm giving myself a treat. Getting off the processed sugar helps a lot. It helps the jittery, anxiousness, and and besides inflammation and fat. But those are those are two huge areas.
0: Diet's huge too. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I I, I'm a big fan of this topic mm-hmm. uh and I agree with you, especially with modern media mm-hmm. and all of the experts in the different on the different sides of this, right There's the vegan doctors that are going to show their research confirming that vegan diets are the best, then there's the carnivore doctors who are also confirmation biased think that their research is the best right. and it's, it's the only way so wherever you know side you fall on, you're gonna follow those people. you're going to see the research you're gonna develop your own confirmation bias but I strongly believe the best thing people can do is stick to what we know and stick to what works for you. Everybody's body's a little bit different. And if you stay on a disciplined diet, no matter what that diet is, you'll probably end up in a better place than uh, people on the fad diet.
1: Yeah, it's just consistency. It's getting your body yeah. used to metabolizing certain food, certain portion sizes, certain feeding times, your body can build on that. It starts to know what's being dropped in the hatch and it can, can make use of it. Yep, and for, th-
0: for the sake of this podcast, I'm gonna go ahead and assume Let's assume that the pale, uh, not the paleo diet, which kind of, but the primal diet mm. is the right diet for men. This yeah. is what we
1: yeah. I I'll agree with you developed on, on right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Meats, organs, mm-hmm. hunter food.
1: Yep. Nuts, vegetables, vegetables that you can find when you can forage them, but, but there's no need to think that you can eat everything. It's not always going to be in season. And, and yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah.
0: And the reasoning, I mean, it's pretty simple and usually the simplest explanation is, is the correct one
1: it's the best I've ever felt eating this diet.
0: Yeah. And that, that's really the most important thing. It what it comes down to, right? If you eat liver and you feel crap, you're going to stop eating liver, right? If you eat heart and genitals and you feel awesome, you're going to keep eating heart and genitals, right? Uh, So that's usually my biggest piece of advice to anyone asking me about nutrition, which side is right to say, go, go try it, try them all, go try it and take note of your body throughout the process.
1: There's, I tried plant-based. I did 90 days of a plant-based diet, and I did a very well-balanced, high-protein plant-based diet. And I didn't feel – I felt I felt good if you want to compare cardiovascular conditioning. I felt good on my road bike, good training, but I felt flat in my muscles. The energy was low. I definitely got a little bit weaker in that time, and I, st- I kept lifting weights, but I just didn't feel the same type of uh, – and as soon as I got back eating meat again, it was like I'm back, and I felt great. And one of the things I have a lot of people that love to respond to Instagram posts about me posting meat and they like to try to educate me on the vegan diet. I, I just, I think proof is in the pudding with things like this. So if you see a business owner who's got a thriving business, you go ask him questions, he's going to happily give you advice. But if you see someone who's broke, I'm not going to ask him advice on his business. And it's, it's the same thing. People are going to go to people that they either want to look like or move like or feel like and say, Hey, what are you doing? I don't think that happens too much with a lot of the vegan community. So, so, you know, people should just understand that instead of trying to put their message out, just live your truth and tell your story and let people come to you with the questions. That's, that's the best thing I think with diet.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And especially mm-hmm. I think that's true of nutrition. A lot of the people preaching mm-hmm. specific diets, specific nutrition's that's not who you want to look like. Right. That's probably not who you want to feel like. Yeah, We don't know their energy levels throughout the day. Their right. focus levels. Uh, I know, uh, for just from experimentation, what foods make me cloudy, what foods take my energy away, what foods make me sleepy. What and are then, those foods? Uh, so anything fried and processed sugar. So Facts. simple answers, like boom. You eat a chick- if I eat a chicken finger and a, thing, a couple French fries, mm-hmm. I feel it immediately.
1: Immediately. Energy just crashes.
0: I'm, I become tired, yep. lethargic. A, a cloud of fog goes over my brain and eyes, and I can't function at the optimal way that I need to function. I've mm-hmm. been you know, working 6, 6, 6 a.m. this morning. Eating very minimal amounts of food. I also, I also, I'm a huge fan of fasting. Same. Uh, I'm a big believer in one meal a day. Uh, and then once a month doing a 48-hour fast. Uh, it's something I, I've been prolonging it for, for a long time. It started with the 24-hour, moved to the 48-hour. That's awesome. I feel better when I don't eat for the most part. And I think that was one of the great lies of you know the, the last century was mm-hmm. that we need a huge, a big, big balanced breakfast.
1: Yeah. Six small meals a day or eat a big breakfast, right. If
0: I, if I would have known no breakfast through high school and college, I think I would have performed much better. I would have needed less Adderall. Agreed. Because as soon as soon as I eat my my lunch, I feel it. I crash. I eat a light lighter lunch
1: immediately, and I notice a huge difference for sure, cognitively, yeah. for sure, but performance wise, a dangerous tiger is the one that's hungry. Yeah. Right. That he's on the hunt. He's moving. He's light. He's got energy, and he's coming to get you. The one that's full is laying. He's chill. He's tired, and I feel that exact thing. I fast till about two o'clock every day, and I get all my training done. And today I got a full MMA session as well as about an hour and a half weightlifting session, completely fasted. My mind is sharp. My focus is intense. And I feel no. I feel my body is doing no digesting. All the blood is there for the muscles to be used and in the brain. It's not when you when I eat. I might feel a little stronger later in the day if I do work out after a meal but there's a cost, there's digestion happening. So you're going to have some blood flow dedicated to the stomach to to be doing that. Yeah, and this
0: it's a basic answer that comes from the science that we know, rest and digest. Once you eat, parasympathetic nervous system kicks in, you go into into rest mode. Right. Uh, And used to think, I guess, that we needed more frequent meals to keep our metabolism up for some odd reason. I think it was just a marketing ploy for Mm -hmm. breakfast companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think this is one of the great hacks
1: it will work. That that's what that's a lot of bodybuilders do. That that type of diet works. It's just not consistent. Yeah, and it's really not enjoyable. Who wants to do that? Yeah. This diet that we're talking about, primal diet with fasting, is just very. It's very easy. It makes life better. It makes you more productive at work. It, you have to only essentially cook one large meal a day, and yep. it's, it's easy that way. When you're when you're doing bodybuilding shows or cutting. You're eating six, seven meals a day. You're carb dependent. You're completely carb dependent. Each meal has carbs. So When people are getting hangry, they have a blood sugar crash and they're like, I need carbs. They need it again. They go get it again. It can work. You can get your body consistently used to that. Who's going to want to do that for their whole life.
0: Yeah. And you know? sorry, I got distracted. We weren't talking about fasting. I'm a huge fan of it. If Anyone doesn't fast. You should, you should try it and watch some of my videos on fasting, but I do want to dig in a little bit to the organ that's consumption cool. okay? because that's an interesting topic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's been circulating. It's been on social. Uh, and it sounds a little crazy, right? You're Mm going to consume liver and genitals and hearts. Mm -hmm. Uh, so where do you get your organs and why do you eat them? And how do you feel after you eat them?
1: (laughs) So I get my organs. I I live in St. Pete's. There's a, there's a company called farm fresh to you and you can order, but there's several companies like this. This one delivers locally. Um, it depends where you're at, but you can always go online and look for, for, you know, gourmet butchers and they're going to always have that. And a lot of times it's some of the cheapest, some of the cheapest stuff you can do. So, uh, how I feel? I feel great. Um, I'll be completely honest, though. Eating liver is not the easiest thing to do, and that's that's just one of those things where you just have to kind of understand what the purpose is. Like I read a quote, and it says, "I can endure any pain as long as there's a purpose." Right, and I love that because that is a truth. That is another tenet of masculinity. I think is understanding. Hey, this is there's a reason for this. It might not be enjoyable, but I'm going to do it either way. So, liver is huge. That's one of the most nutritious foods in the world. It literally covers everything from A to zinc across the whole board and cooking it isn't the way i've been doing it lately i will take about two ounces of liver i chop it up in cubes i put maple syrup and sea salt and i just eat it like that i swallow it down with water and where do get where and you ask- get
0: the liver you said the uh, local butchers yeah
1: farm fresh to you and I, I right now what i have is an elk liver it's about the size yeah. of a football so i get that i thaw it out i slice it up it takes a while because it's very tough i slice it up and put it in cubes so it's ready to eat freeze the rest what I'm going to eat for that week. And I put it in my refrigerator in one of the meat drawers and it's just there ready to go Eat a little bit every day.
0: And there's also some other options for getting, getting organs. I know there's companies, they like grind them mm-hmm. up, put them put them in capsules.
1: Yeah. There's a company called ancestral supplements. They do that. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's, that's one option for people totally. who might be a little bit, a little
1: bit hesitant about totally. I think that's a great option. hearts and yep. eating the hearts raw. The pros and cons, that's going to be a, a more costly option, but it's yeah. going to be, and it's going to be a great option for people. that don't want to do it. But
0: there's something special about actually consuming the organ. I'm telling you. The way Mm -hmm. it was put on this earth. Yes. There's an energy that that is unproven by science, but that you feel. Yes. That I felt. Yeah. Consuming something like that.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And, I, I mean, talk about that for a second. It's really hard to contextualize, but it's true. When you eat an animal's organ.
1: When you believe in your food in general, I think it does wonders for you. So if you are eating clean food and you're eating consciously, meaning you, especially if you're a faster, you're, you're eating, you're really looking forward to that dinner and you cook a large steak and you have some liver and you have, you know, some vegetables and you have some things on that plate and you take your time and you have that gratitude for the food and you're eating it, knowing this is clean food. And every bite of this is going to nourish my body. It's going to give me energy. It's going to build my muscles. There's huge, there's huge truth to that. I believe that that your body's going to process that differently. And it's just going to feel better than just eating an autopilot, shoving food down your face, not chewing it and moving on and get back to your busy life. And I think that's a lot of people do. They don't get that connection or the food's just shades of Brown shades of fried foods and breading and they're not eating rich, vibrant foods, but yes, eating, eating a primal diet, there there's an energy with it for sure. And it could be subconscious and that could still affect you either way, even if it's subconscious. And as long as it's giving you an effect,
0: great. Yeah, this yeah. is something I, I feel like science is probably never going to be able to prove, but just something that, like I like I said earlier, you know, but you you'll feel mm-hmm. if you're going to go eat you this, do. take note of your body before and after, yeah, and really try and have that connection with your food. Yes, and this is a great segue into testosterone. Yeah, it is, which is kind of the hormone of masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. It's it determines our physical strength, it determines our energy levels, like decisiveness. Yeah, but a lot of factors can go into determining where your resting testosterone levels are, what your what you're at at a base rate mm-hmm. fighting I'm sure is very good for your testosterone levels probably Huge. the best thing yeah yeah I would love to do a study on that take a yeah. take a 100 fighters 100 non-fighters test their testosterones, yeah. see where that comes up
1: or test someone prior to them entering a martial arts journey and then test them six months in yeah that would be the one I think would show the biggest result testosterone is a topic right it's something where it is the masculine hormone, right? It's the man hormone. Even though women have it too present, it's it's a lot more you know prevalent in men. It's, it's something that affects a lot of us. It's, it's definitely how much muscle you have, your erections, your decisiveness, your sex drive, all of it. So there's an approach of TRT if you get to the age of needing it. Some people are doing, injecting testosterone as a bodybuilding standpoint. And I see that so much here in St. Yeah. Pete for young, for 20 year olds, which is it's a bummer to see because they're just going to start the endocrine system too early. When you inject testosterone, you can probably talk more about that. But to my understanding, when you inject exogenous testosterone in the body, testicles feel the need to no longer produce it, so they stop producing it. They'll get smaller and they'll eventually atrophy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's good. The longer you do it, especially the worse it is because your right. body becomes totally reliant on exogenous testosterone yeah. and just stops producing it naturally. So now you're you're stuck on it for the rest of your life, yeah. and your testicles disappear essentially because yeah. they're no longer producing testosterone. You don't need them anymore. Yeah. Uh, so again. For anyone who is at an age where their testosterone has naturally declined to a level that is affecting their day-to-day life, administering exogenous testosterone might be for you. Talk totally. to your doctor. But if you're in your 20s, early 30s, you're just trying to jack on some muscle, like
1: mm-hmm. you
0: said, destroying your endocrine system at an early the age. Way to go,
1: yeah. I have a lot that I can comment to you on ways that I believe will naturally help testosterone. That's the whole name of the game. Everything, you know, my whole passion right now is let's keep that as high as we can naturally.
0: Let's talk about that.
1: Number one, this is something, shout out to biohack, Zach. Um, he introduced me to, and I did did a lot of research and this is true. This is actually proven studies. So icing your testicles has huge effects and not ice bathing because I do a lot of ice bathing as well, but that's about three to five minutes. So, Ice packs on your testicles. When he first brought this up, I made fun of him. I was like, this is the silliest thing This is the first I'm I'm hearing of it,
0: so I'm I'm into it. Yeah,
1: check it out. So um, I don't know the exact reason why it affects testosterone, but it does affect testosterone. Just ice packs for about 20 minutes once a day.
0: How does that feel?
1: Cold. (laughs) (laughs) It feels cold, yeah. Um, Number two, competing with other men in a physical practice. That is something that I think has got the biggest effect on testosterone. And you see that immediately when someone gets a divorce or separates from a relationship. You see the guy getting his best shape of his life. Could be because the lifestyle changes. Could be because he now values, he needs to be back on the market. But a lot of that is now he knows I'm in direct competition with other men again on the dating scene and whatever. And then then testosterone starts to ramp up again. So competing, lifting heavy weights. And when I say heavy, heavy is completely relative to a person. The best way I like to define heavy is uh, I had a gun to your head. And I said, Jay, give me, give me five reps. You shouldn't be able to get a sixth rep. the sixth rep. The weight is heavy enough where you could not complete rep six. That fifth rep was a full, very slow contraction, whether it's deadlift, squat, bench, whatever you're doing, weighted pull-ups, where you're going all out. That is huge. Just fight or flight. That's old primate DNA that, that kicks into gear there. Sunlight. Sunning nude is a great option if you have the option to do that. Ball sunning. Yep. Letting sun hit your testicles or printing. Them, that's a great way that that there's a lot of light absorb. Red light therapy is something that a lot of people do now. They always recommend you be nude. And biohackers like Ben Greenfield and Paul Check, they actually have red light, smaller lights that they put on their testicles while they work. And they are soaking up light all day while they're sitting at a desk like this in their own home private office. And that, that's another key. Let's try that. Well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Red light on the testicles will help a lot.
0: And then nutrition and physical fitness. There's nothing that's going to hurt your testosterone more than the fat, fat molecules. They are estrogen producers, testosterone suckers,
1: right? Staying lean,
0: staying lean. Yeah. So for a lot of men out there seeking testosterone treatment, I, you know, I used to treat them. uh, They want to come in for the quick fix for the exogenous testosterone, the implants, the injections. There's a lot of other ways to start. Obviously, you just mentioned some really good ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, diet and exercise is obviously number one. Love what you mentioned on competing with other men.
1: Super mm, interesting. Huge. And that's what martial arts gives you an option to do, right? Because most people now, you're competing in the workforce. You guys are competing in business. You're competing in a small way for the parking spot, but it's not true competition, like in a friendly environment, right? And that's that's one of the other big tie-ins to, I think, just martial arts in general where you have – I think other sports would have this too, though – you have other men just holding you accountable. Other men, let's say it's even a volleyball. You're on the volleyball courts at North Shore Park. And maybe your buddy's like, hey, man, what's up with you today? Yeah. You're playing like shit. Just keeping you accountable. Yeah, yeah, I didn't sleep. Well, what's up? Why you doing that? Having that is huge. But having something to actually be competing in is never let that go. Once that goes, it just starts to, yeah. and, start to and, settle.
0: And tying testosterone into entrepreneurship is huge. Decisiveness. Huge. Decisions. Yeah. Energy. Decisiveness. Yeah. Competition. Right. It will make you a better entrepreneur. I guarantee it. In fact, you're not going to yeah. be able to compete with a man at a hundred different level of testosterone, who's got more energy than you do. Mm-hmm. He's got more willpower and motivation than you do.
1: Believe and he wants so, to beat you to decide. Yeah, that, I think. Yeah, exactly. He wants to beat you, but it's the decisiveness that's like the. I remember watching a whole study on this. Testosterone affects that in a huge way, and we we might think, well, what does that do? Well, think about. If you make a decision right now and then you immediately start to take massive action on that decision versus someone who's going to think on it for a couple of days, you're three days ahead already making grounds, right? So the decisiveness is huge too.
0: Definitely. Mm-hmm. So testosterone, very important, very yeah. important for entrepreneurs. Yes. Fighting ties directly into so that. So important. Yeah, I'm going to do that study. I wonder if it's already been done. I bet yeah, it let's do it. Let's do, let's do, yeah, let's do let's it. Do I need your blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to talk a little bit about how Tying this all in, masculinity mm-hmm. affects relationships because that's you know going back to primal nature, what's in yeah. our DNA. Right. That's kind of the ultimate objective, right? It's to find a mate, to make babies, yes, to protect that mate, protect those babies, uh, and everything that we've talked about up until this moment is kind of leading up to that final goal, reproduction. Right. How does that all tie into your day to day life?
1: Yeah. So that's a loaded question, but I think. <laughs> I think the question is, how does masculinity tie into a woman? Is that what you mean?
0: Or- yeah, a little bit. How about how you can use the, the concept of masculinity, use, you know, being a man to carry ourselves differently than other men mm-hmm. in relationships, in the dating scene, uh, when it comes to you're a trained fighter, you have testosterone, what is the, how, how do you, how do you treat your woman? How do you? Yeah, I understand. More confidence talking to her,
1: more confidence. Yeah. Well, confidence is everything, everything, especially in dating scene. I think, you know, I did, I did do quite a bit of dating this last year and a half. I'm divorced. I have went through a really cool journey that I'm just very grateful for. I think about that all the time. The gratitude I had for, for that being in a husband, in a marriage, going back into the single scene and experiencing what there was and knowing how much I do desire that relationship again. So I don't, I'm not like a life single guy. Like I know some people are, I don't think that's the way to be truly fulfilled. That being said, I have recent experience on dating and I think confidence, that's why I like to always tie things back into martial arts is the most attractive thing that women women find in men is a man who's confident, a man who holds himself with presence, who walks and that's the thing I heard the most compliments on in my dating was you're so confident and it, you know, you, you would be like, why does martial arts confidence help with women? It, it, it's not, it's not like we're going to fight. I'm going to, I could beat you in a fight. It's not that. It's just knowing who you are, knowing what you've been forged through and showing up in a you know, very grounded way, but also not having a rag full of that aggressive primate energy like I was talking about earlier. So men who have that in them with no place for release, when they're in a woman's presence, they might seem anxious. Their breathing might be a little bit heightened. They're breathing through the chest, not through the belly. They're just jittery. They're knee bouncing. They're changing subjects quickly. They're you know, And when they're going to feel that and not be attracted to that man. So it all ties into ultimately being able to attract a woman. And then I think the real big goal is keep and hold space for a woman and actually be able to have that grounded masculine confidence. Like, Hey, I don't need to be validated by you. I just want to support you at 51% and want the same back from you.
0: Yeah. you know. And I feel like, I guess it all ties back to confidence, right? A woman knowing what you bring. Yeah. She wants a few things in life. Um, and this is pretty consistent across most women. Uh, and it goes back to primal genetics, you know, caveman age, Protection, mm-hmm. right? Um, safety. Uh, and, they, and that translates today into money, because it's some sort of support, yep. some kind of safety net. Uh, but then also physical protection. Totally. A, a lot of them won't maybe consciously say this or process it that way, but I, I believe it to be true.
1: Women very much value the physical protection. I, I can promise you that. Yeah. They love that. They love that. They feel safe. That's one of the best compliments I think a man can receive is when a woman says, I feel so safe with you.
0: And when you, yeah, you know, s- that's- see this movement of women, you know, I need six, six foot plus, I won't date mm-hmm. short guys. Do you think that's where that comes from?
1: I think it does. Yeah. That, that initial protection. I mean, that, that's a little shallow, but I get it. If the woman's six foot, she's going to want a man who's taller, but in Even general, girls that are
0: five, two are on this train.
1: Yeah. I, I think it could be from that. Yeah. Wanting that masculine protection, just wanting to feel that alpha nature. Yeah. Know? Back to that, what women are attracted to, too, uh, I think a, a good way to sum it up is it's called RIMS. It's R-I-H-M-S. So RIMS is resources, intellect, humor, muscles, and social proof. And those are the five things that women are incredibly drawn to in men. And so when men have one of or all five of those things in abundance, they're just very biologically drawn to them. Resources being the money, like you talked about, or connections, right? Yeah. We can go through the intellect, muscles, the humor. All those things are the key points. And so the best advice for men, especially men who are single, and I, I, I spend a lot of my time talking about these things to either clients or men that I work with is let's try to level them off on all those things, right? Cool. You have money. And it seems like it's very hard to find someone with all of the things because yeah. someone always has an abundance of one and they're lacking in one area. A lot of money, but they can't seem to get disciplined to work out and have a masculine body or they're really funny, but they just, aren't that kind or they're, they're introverted. They don't have social, they don't have a social seniors. They don't have that social proof because they burn a lot of bridges or whatever the thing could be. So
0: let's go over those one more time. Yeah. Rims. Rims. Yeah. Resources, resources, which is money you mm-hmm. get through. Or, or Multiple. Yeah. Connections. That one's easy.
1: Yep. Intellect. Right. Okay. Be harder, to, harder to train. Yep. And that's, that's not just how smart are you? I think that it really applies to a lot of emotional intelligence. How well can you mentally vibe with someone? Yeah. Being able re- to
0: hold a conversation hold have an a com- and hold
1: conversation. space for them too. And, and yeah, just, you know, when that banter is good with someone, it Just feels immediately good. So intellect, humor, having the same sense of humor is a compatibility thing. So that's not going to be one sense of humor is going to be the way for everyone, but being able to make jokes and not be so uptight and be a relaxed person.
0: Yeah. And I feel like you get a little humor from confidence to ha having yeah. the confidence to to, confidence to crack those jokes and
1: not and risk it, having the confidence yeah. to risk it because I know who the fuck I am. So if it's something that you don't like, it's something I said, I'm, I'm OK with that. I don't need to impress. Right. And we're going to get into that topic in a second. But number four, muscles, that's the thing that I think most men are, just seem to not understand, like women are hardwired to find muscles attractive, right? There's certain muscles, it's upper chest, upper shoulders, back, forearms that women see right away, legs. But, but yes, it's protection, but it's also just that man works hard, right? Yeah. That's a body that is, can be of use and that's attractive. And then the social proof, right? Having something like, that's how you and I met in a social scene. You, You have a great group chat that you assemble with a lot of very good people there. That's a huge one too. Social proof and connections, you know?
0: yeah it's true uh social proof's a big one so social market value as is from the book yep uh how much social influence do you have right it's huge. uh and a lot of these things you can pretty much control yep. uh and they're interrelated in some way, but you're right, like thinking about all of my friends, it's usually heavily skewed uh, in, one in one or two of those categories. I
1: talk about this all the time. yeah, the one thing that we that men can't control, I think the only one they can control is their height. That's the only thing. Yeah. So that's the only area, and that you know, something I say, like if a guy is short. Unfortunately for you, that's just how the, the cards were dealt, but you can be short and jacked too. Yeah, you short jack. Be rich short, jacked, and, and rich. That's exactly <laughs> short, jack, rich, and well dressed. Let's be that guy, right? And where then does well dressed
0: fit into rims?
1: Yeah, I don't think it fits <laughs> too on there, but it helps. It helps the presentation, you know. It does.
0: I think it instills some Have sort of intelligence and social market value. Right there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So what are some simple steps guys can take to optimize those things?
1: Man, get yourself in a martial arts gym. Find the place. Find your local gym and get your ass in there. Right?
0: You kill like three birds with one stone. You get the muscles, the confidence. <laughs>
1: the social proof. Yeah. Yeah, your, your network will increase in martial arts gyms for sure. You're, most of the men that you're going to meet in a martial arts gym are men who are taking risk and are going to be you know, guys you want as your friends regardless.
0: On a quick sample size of the guys at your martial arts gym, what kind of characters are we looking at? What do they do?
1: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a, there's, a, there's a big spectrum. A perfect example I used to give for jujitsu in, in my home gym in Lakeland where I trained at forever is you could be on the mat to your left is a high school kid. To the right is an attorney that makes a million dollars a year, but you're all wearing the same gi. You're all wearing the same thing. You're all the same level. And you see the two of those guys relating in a way where they're talking, they're teaching each other, they're practicing moves together. And you're like, where else in life would those two ever be having a conversation like that?
0: That's so cool. The guy
1: who's on billboards, the big attorney, but, but no, but on the mat, they're just common. They're, they're this, they're for the same reason. That's a beautiful thing in itself.
0: The great equalizer. Yep.
1: You have a, the, the network, just the way you can connect to everyone. And it's also a very exposing thing. As somebody can talk about being touched, just being touched. Most people are very uncomfortable with that. Having someone else touch them, especially after COVID, but putting yourself in an environment where you just get used to that intimate sense of touch, but it's non-sexual. And most men don't know how to interpret that. Yeah. We're gonna drill moves where you pretend to choke me or you do choke me or I escape this position. are like, oh, that's I that I don't do that. Just getting over that too is huge, you know. And understand you you can touch someone without being sexual with them. It doesn't mean that a lot of men are already they have such a homophobic nature to them where they're like, I'm gonna be rolling around on the mat with other dudes and let them touch me. It's like, well, let's get over that first, bud. You know, let's get past that.
0: Yeah, that's then, a great point. Yeah, uh then and- chip away at the
1: nutrition, then chip away at the discipline, then the self-view meditation is huge, meditating on who oh, yeah. you think you are. I just finished a book for the second time around called Psycho-Cybernetics. Have you heard of this book before? No, never. First time. It's an amazing book. It's about self-image. This guy was a plastic surgeon. After that, dedicated his life to psychology because he was so intrigued with how people's self-image changed who they showed up as in the world. And this is something that's like I've noticed for myself, too. You can reinvent yourself at any point of your life. You can choose to be that new character you want to be. So I moved away from my hometown. I moved here a year and a half ago. When you're in a place where everyone knows you, especially knows you from your entire childhood. They remember so much about you. They remember you for how they want to remember you. And then you tend to show up in a room how you think they perceive you. If you walk in a room and you feel like, oh, they might not like me or they love me, that's just how you're gonna show up. If you feel you're in a room where you're loved, you show up like, everyone loves me here, it's great. Vice versa, that can happen. So your self image is huge and that's something that needs a lot of meditating and manicuring and, and you need to develop that self image and really be like, am I cool with who I am? Do I like how I treat people? Do I like where my integrity is? Do I feel like I'm not full of shit? Like if I say that I eat like this, do I really eat like this, right? I had a conversation with another local trainer here in St. Pete and that was something I was telling him about. He feels as if he knows what to do and he teaches his clients and he leads people, but he feels like a fraud because behind closed doors, he binge eats sugar and he gets lazy and he's like, and that, that will fuck with your self-image because now you don't know if you are that guy anymore and that inconsistency in how you show up, people read that too and they feel that. So that's what that grounded confidence is. And people, if someone just knows who they are and they don't care if you like them, people tend to like that.
0: Yeah. Actually being someone that you can be proud of. Right. Uh is a big part of that. But meditation, I'm a huge proponent yeah. of as well.
1: Yeah. And you can do that as an intention setting for the day, manifesting money, but really just what thoughts are coming up? What are you thinking about? I'm also a big, you know, a big advocate of doing a psychedelic trip a couple times a year. Not like a a party dose like people would do like a micro dose but an actual journey right let's go inside let's see what what I need to see a great example I heard about psychedelics and even cannabis was it's like our main our mind compartmentalizes things so we have like curtains behind curtain number one is our relationships good and bad and damages we've done to others behind curtain number two is our finances and taxes we forget to take care of and so on all the way around so in our day-to-day life we're really good at tuning these things out and not thinking about them and just going what's in front of us, but a psychedelic can just lift all the curtains at once. There's nothing new that went into your mind. It was already in your mind, but now you're being made aware of all these things. And a lot of it's our flaws come right out of our face, confronting those, dealing with those, seeing what the plant medicine wants to show you and respecting the plant medicine. That's something that I've been mean to talk about too, is I feel like there's a lot of confusion where people tend to treat plant medicines as a party drug which is a complete disrespect of what it was there for. It's not for that. Alcohol, cool, go have fun. That's going to loosen your inhibitions, but not mushrooms or, or other things. It's not for that. It's, it's actually to connect and put you in a good place. So that's, that's a huge one. I think a lot of men need to do that. That should be mandatory when someone turns 18. I think our society would be better if that was the case. Wouldn't um, that mean, be something? I really mean that. You, yeah. Young man between eighteen. Think a woman has a clear sign when they become a woman. They have their, their menstruation cycle. They're a woman. They know they're a woman, and they have this rite of passage men don't have anything. I have a bar mitzvah. when I'm well, yeah, go, No, it's true though. That, that's, I guess for Jewish people, that's the case, but men don't. So yeah. you end up with 18 year olds who don't know that they're men, but they are, they've learned how to have sex through watching porn. Right. They just think everything's about flexing and an ego. And and they just show up in a way. And when you see a lot of these young men now, you're like, damn, where are we headed? You know? Yeah. So psychedelics would be a good place to start. Um, for sure. Then hitting those other points. And you know,
0: definitely a scary thought you know lifting all of those curtains confronting all of your you need to see it your self doubts your the, the things that scare you looking yeah. them in the face and saying this is what's what's here mm-hmm. you have to have a certain level of emotional maturity certain level of intelligence to confront those things sure. and then come up with a plan yeah but you need to see fix it. it
1: yeah there's a scene in the matrix the first matrix movie I forget the guy's name i think his name was cypher but he was the guy that betrayed them in the matrix and there's a scene where he's in a restaurant eating a steak dinner, yeah, you remember the scene. And he says, "Watched it recently." Yeah, okay, you remember this? And he, he said, if "There's one thing I learned after all these years. He's like, I'm going to buy into the steak, and the matrix code is going to tell my brain that it's juicy and it's delicious. And if one thing I learned: ignorance is bliss." And he's basically saying, well, "My mind erased. I want to go back into the matrix and not know the truth." And that's even in the movie. That's the the rarity. Everyone else wants to know the truth. They want to awaken others. But he's like, no, "I want to go back in." So that's human nature to hide from the things. We need to know what our mind has. We need to know where a wounding is. That's the biggest thing. The biggest takeaway for men: What happened? Where were you wounded? We were all wounded in some way, and getting to the bottom of that before you go do damage in the world. That's yeah. the biggest thing. So there's a really a great quote from a book that I love by like Trevor Boehm. It's called Man Uncivilized, and a like, good man is very dangerous, but not a danger. Right? Not a ticking time bomb. Not an explosive temper. But when need be, can be a very dangerous man in service of protecting others. That's a great reason to be dangerous, not just for yourself, your family, or maybe someone else, maybe some innocent woman that's about to get mugged in the street, being able to have the courage to go intervene and have the ability to do that. Right. But a lot of men are doing so much of the damage in the world to women because of their, their toxicity and their, you know, their traumas. Yeah. no, I
0: I agree with you completely. And that scares me for the future because I feel like it's getting worse and people are escaping reality. They don't even want to confront actual reality. Yeah. That's why so much time is spent playing video games. True. Uh, soon strapped into VR headsets because they're, they're not happy and they don't want to confront the reality that actually exists.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then taking that a layer back, we see, all right, subconscious, what's behind the curtains? What's my actual opinion of myself? So a lot of, a lot of deep stuff there.
1: Yeah. They're not happy because their DNA isn't supposed to be doing that. Yeah. Staring at blue light all day, being indoors. Our bodies are meant to be used and they're meant to be cut and bruised, falling out of trees, going and living life, living life to the fullest. That's the whole mission that I truly have is like, I want to try to show people not just men, but men seem to be a lot of the audience. What, what is possible when you're living life to the fullest, meaning you are expressing your most dominant physical form check. So you have the energy to do things. You're not tired. And you have the ability to go do a hike or a wake surf day or a whatever the thing could be, right? You're, you're able to move into different environments and be okay because you're athletic enough to do that, right? And then you have the curiosity to go explore. These are things that humans need to do, right? You're getting the red light on your face You're getting your bare feet in the ground. You're going to be so low anxiety when you do these things versus what the modern world is looking like, the modern male paradigm. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't doesn't connect to their emotions, barely goes barefoot outside, doesn't exercise that that intense masculine physicality that we have. Of course, there's damage being done because they're, they're it's like a dog trying to be a cat living in a cat house, but they're really a dog. And they're just pretending to be something different, you know, and that's yeah. what happens on the opposite side of this. Like you said,
0: society and companies are making it easier and easier to just plug in right. and ignore the DNA and right. uh, not have to confront it. So, well, you know, it's kind of scary, kind of depressing. But we'll, we'll see where we go. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is get this message out. Yeah. Uh, and I think every man in 2021, going in 2022 needs to hear this. I agree. Needs to apply some of the the principles here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to hold myself to come into a martial arts class. You've been saying if it for you a while. Get no, my ass it. kicked. I love it. I'm saying it live right now for the audience. So everyone else will hold me accountable too. I think
1: you'll do great. You did mention that you used to be a professional volleyball player. Yeah. I will still say Jay has a nasty jump serve. So I've seen this man play volleyball and I can see that you're still an athlete and that's, yeah, you'll, you'll love it.
0: I'm pumped. And be
1: addicted. Like everyone else gets addicted
0: for anyone listening right now that also wants to get into martial arts. Shoot us a DM. Uh, Tony's uh, responsive on Instagram as well, mm-hmm. but we've been at it for about an hour. Tony, I want to leave you with any closing remarks, final nuggets of wisdom that you want to impart on our beautiful audience today.
1: Mm. Guys tune in. That's where you're going to find the answers, right? In that meditation practice, being masculine is not about being alpha all the time and trying to express this alpha nature, but it's really tune in and and look inside yourself, do the meditation, do the psychedelics, take care of the physical attributes and and breathe and watch your life get a lot better.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be painful. Confront all that stuff. And that's part of what a meditation is too, right? Right? You're sitting there with your thoughts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Your thoughts come that's yeah. the beauty and people will say i can't meditate but you are meditating meditating isn't like you're sitting there and all of a sudden you achieve this state of zen you know it isn't that it is just sitting there with your thoughts and the best way you can do it is take away all the inputs dark room quiet area maybe outside where there's a breeze but you're just seeing what thoughts come up and you observe them and say hmm, whatever pops up and then push it out go back to breathing or where you say in your head i am free or i am loving awareness or whatever it let go with your breath whatever the thing is Another thought comes up, you notice it, I don't know What that was about, it goes out again, but it's really seeing what's in there. We we're really, really good at tuning out yeah. our shit that we need to be confronting. And when you start confronting it, you can get rapid life growth because you're actually, you see it and we're men are great at, at action, taking action. So we just don't know where it is. But if you show us there's a target, well, boom, there's that one. Then boom, there's that one. Sometimes you don't know. We got we to find it first.
0: I love it. Tony Salazar. Thank you, my For brother. the audience, where can people find you if they want to follow your adventures, talk to you, hear more from you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at Tony Salazar. That is my name. I'm sure it'll be tagged in this post, too. You know it. Yep.
0: This is Mentors Collective. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank See you in the my next brother. one. You guys, if you loved this episode, do me a favor and click on the link in the description and head over to our exclusive Mentors Collective Facebook community, where I post every single day and I give tons of value that I do not post in this podcast. Seriously, if you love this show, you are not going to want to miss that group. You'll also be able to connect with me personally, ask questions, and get access to a ton of free resources that I give out. All right, guys, again, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace out, Mentors.